This is Lisa DeLay, and you are listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. Welcome, friends, to Spark My Muse. This is Soul School Lesson 218, five decades in. It is my birthday, and I am 50 years old this February 23rd, 2022. I had wondered for a while if I should even make note of this birthday. There's a lot of reasons to hide your age when you're a woman of a certain age. You want people to think you're youthful and young, and you're still with it and hip, and you don't want to be counted out for your age. But if life has taught me anything, it has taught me to be grateful for every day and every breath and every year that passes by. I lost my dad when I was young, and he was young. Each year that I get to celebrate time on this earth, I'm grateful for it. I have not started to dye my gray hairs yet, but by this point in my life, I realize I have probably lived more years than I have yet to live. I've seen hard things and I've lived them. I've suffered and I've had my heart broken time and again. And I've walked where you might walk and I can share with you something about the road ahead that might help. I was born during the baby bust of the 1970s. That's when legalized abortion had become law of the land and the birth control pill was starting to become mainstreamed in use and concerns over overpopulation radically altered birth rates during the decade I was born. My generation was kind of wiped out for those reasons. I don't feel identified with baby boomers that were my parents. And I came up in a generation that was part of the introduction of computers. This was disrupting all ways of life. I embraced technology and I was interested in it. And a lot of people older than me found it a fearsome thing. I'm part of a small group of people that form a bridge to this past, this pre-computer past. And this wisdom of this world will die with us. It will be lost, much of it. And this world wasn't better in every way, but it certainly was slower, and mental health issues weren't off the charts like they are now. I think there was just a lot more space to feel and be human. And when we lose touch with some of those ways, we have to work extra hard to make them sort of native to us. I have a lot of hope for generations to come. My daughter's generation, I think it's referred to as Generation Z. I would probably refer to them as the iPhone generation. It came along when the iPhone had changed the world and it was in common use. They're such an interesting and lovely group of people with so much potential, but they have no idea how to work in a world that is not really resourced. They don't understand how to work in a world where you can't find out information on Google. And so the wisdom that we find between people and in relationships and in navigating life has shifted greatly. And this is a little bit of what we lose when we have life mediated through screens. Though those relationships can be so powerful, so life-changing and life-giving, I honor them. But I also sense the loss of the kind of relationships that are that can be close-knit that can be face-to-face. This is why I bring some of this out in my work now. I like to meet with people face-to-face in spiritual companioning. I have friendships that have spanned decades where we go have a meal together or take a walk together. And I want to tell you something today that will help and sustain you. 
if we pollute these inner places of our life with inattention, we find ourselves in a slow withering kind of death. We feel insecure and alone and so thirsty, but thirsty for what? We can't even tell anymore. I've made it my life's work to care for the soul of people, the soul of myself and the healing of myself, but then to extend that outward and to care for the innermost places of others. If you're in a desert of your life and you're looking for an oasis and the search has grown very long and very weary, I have found a beautiful metaphor for what to do. Do as I encourage you to do. And if you do, you'll be able, hopefully, to get through those desert places in your life, maybe in ways others will not. I heard a wise man once say that if you are in an actual desert, looking for an actual oasis, and you're very thirsty, what will keep you from dying of thirst is to put a small stone in your mouth. Why, you might ask. A small stone can't put any water into my body, you might say. And this is true. You will need to find the sustenance you need regardless. But in the meantime, until you do, this small stone will keep your mouth wet. And then you can continue with your search. You can keep searching for what you need more of. But this small stone will lessen your suffering. The dryness of your thirst will abate. In that way, you will not lose your hope. Because your mouth is moist, you don't think about your thirst as much. And this is how I hope to bring comfort to people in the desert places of their life. To just offer a small stone so that you don't lose hope, my dear friends. Hope is the promise of what we cannot yet see. And one of the pieces of advice I'd like to give you five decades into my own life is to take measures to tend to your hope. Take measures so that your hope can keep going. Allow your hope to best accompany you. Turmoil and anguish and suffering come to all of us. How much we suffer can largely depend on how we experience our suffering. Hope during these times gives us renewed life. And with less hope, there is more suffering. So put a small stone in your mouth when there is no water, so that you do not forget what you need and what you are looking for. Because the thirst itself can distract us from getting the thing we need most. And also, in this way, practice being a guardian of your own growth. So when I say put a small stone in your mouth so that you're not thirsty, I'm not saying substitute something for water. What I'm saying is be the guardian of your hope. Hopefully you'll stay hydrated in your soul by caring for those inmost places of yourself. Do not wallow in what you do not have and what you're searching for, but attend to your hope. Give yourself the care you need so that you can hope well. And make this a sacramental feature also. Do something with your hands or with your whole body to remind you and give you hope. A sacrament is something that reminds us of the unseen realities to which we're a part. These realities that we're a part of are unseen and kind of go subterraneanly through our lives. But when we do something physically or with our body or with something that we can hold, 
it helps us to be grounded in those deeper realities. Take the time to nurture something that's alive. For instance, you can use the keeping of a plant or a garden or a pet fish as a sacramental reminder that you are cultivating something also within yourself. You're cultivating and being a guardian of the fountain and the garden of your own heart. Cultivate something that you go back to again and again and again and learn to renew your own life. And I don't mean a person, a child, a parent you care for, or a friend. These relationships can be complicated. Do something uncomplicated that will bring the sacramental reality into your own life. And do this with your interior world, too. How can you do this? Find something of a spiritual practice or an activity that is meaningful to you that helps you feel the most real. And that could be something like taking a walk, listening to the birds singing. Exercise is a very good one to feel embodied in a deeper reality of being. Listening to music, dancing, sitting by a campfire. There are many things that we do that we don't think of as spiritual practices, but they are grounding activities that renew our lives. Claim those for your own. Go back to them again and again to feel renewed. It might be cooking and smelling the aromas of the food, or sitting in a bubble bath, or just taking a long shower. Whatever it is you do, as you do them, remember that you are being the guardian for your own soul. And you can keep watch over these places and guard the fountain of your life. As I look back over my life, and I think about the worst times, the hardest times, if I wasn't being accompanied by someone else to help shoulder the burden, and I wasn't taking care of my inner world and being the guardian of the fountain of my life, it was so difficult to find hope to carry on. I think God would always provide those little miracles of insight and those ministries of the Spirit to keep me going. But how much better would it have been if I had been cultivating that life all along? I wish I hadn't learned this lesson so late. I wish I would have learned it in my 20s or my 30s. It's common for people to like Psalm 23. It's one of the favorite pieces of Scripture for many people and is often read at funeral services or in church services, on television and in other places that is so common, one of the most well-known pieces of poetry. But my friend, Pastor Trey Ferguson, wrote his own rendition of Psalm 23 in what he calls the translation. And the way he renders scripture in a vernacular that connects with him, it's a vernacular that also connects deeply with me and sinks deeply into the places of my heart where I live. And I wanted to close out today by reading this Psalm 23 for you and connecting you with him. I will leave the links to connect with Pastor Trey at my website and in the show notes. I also want to remind you to join up with us any of the Sunday evenings in the spring of 2022 to read along with me in my book, The Wildland Within. You can sign up for that at eventbrite.com by just putting in The Wildland Within, the title of the book, 
and sign up for those. You can come to one session. You can come to all the sessions. It really doesn't matter. I hope you join us. It'll be a great time of connection and discussion. We'll go over the spiritual practices and the reflection questions. I'm really looking forward to this time together. Now, as I read Psalm 23 from the translation, I hope that it sinks deeply into where you live and speaks to your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I got everything I need. God gives me rest in the places that are good for my soul, lush pastures and calm waters. God fixes my worn down and weary parts, making me whole again. Because God is holy, everywhere I'm led embodies justice, showing me true righteousness. Even though I end up in places that look like hell, the darkest places imaginable, I ain't never scared. Because God is with me, comforting me with tools of correction and direction. Even in the presence of forces working against me, God gives me more than what I need. Because I'm beloved, because God chooses me, I am more blessed than I can describe. I'll never be able to escape God's goodness. I'll never be able to outrun God's love for me. I'm going to always live in God's house. That last line that Trey puts in there, I'm going to always live in God's house, that really touches me. It makes me feel like I found my family. I found my family as one of God's family. I found my brothers and sisters. And I hope that that's a connection you can feel too with your brothers and sisters that are also children of God. If you'd like to celebrate my birthday with me, I hope you will buy my book. Give it to somebody else as a present. Go to tiny.cc forward slash wildland, and that will take you to an order page to buy the book. I really appreciate your support. I appreciate your well wishes. I thank you for them. And I'm excited to see you next week on Spark My Muse. God bless you.